Welcome to the Rhino Daily Podcast, the daily podcast for sharp entrepreneurs. You'll hear insights and ideas from the world's top entrepreneurs and thought leaders designed to help you increase your profits and improve your lifestyle. Now, now here's your host, Steve Cypress. Topical Tuesday, March 24th, 2020. Steve Cypress here. I don't know. Uh, I'm feeling anytime it's got to do with technology, it's got to be my mistake, my uh, an issue with me, my fault, whatever you want to call it. been attempting to get this thing going on my iPhone for well over an hour. Missed the sunset, missed everything. It's pitch black here. It's the end of the day. And I finally gave in and said, that's it. Let's go to the laptop, see if that works. What do you know it does? So let's get right to a topical Tuesday. What's in the news these days? You know, almost no matter what happens, it may if something earth-shattering happens, it gets like a, a two-minute mention somewhere within the 24 hours of panic, panic, demonium, fear-mongering, the world's going to end, you're all going to die, BS of the uh, coronavirus, COVID-19, whatever you want to call it. Give me a break. The newest thing uh, I hear here is, uh, man, uh, local governments are are putting screws to businesses, non-essential businesses that stay open. They're going to get fined. They're going to get this and that. Oh, you're non-essential. Like, uh, let me me give you a hint here. There's no such thing as a non-essential business. Not if you're looking at the overall economy which is an intricate web of interconnectivity, just like everything else in the world. It's complex. It's not as simple as saying, oh, your business can stay open, but your business has to shut down. Okay, Every single business has a business owner, and that business is essential to them and to their family. So that's multiple people, and to their employees, now that's even more people, and to their employees' families, and now that's even more and likely to their supply, they all have suppliers, they all have landlords or overhead, and they pay electric bills, and they pay taxes, and they are, they are intricate in the overall functioning of an economy, which until Trump, I mean, he's got to regret how he got roped into this BS of shutting everything down and destroying the, the economy that is the, the apple of his eye and pretty much all he ever talked about. Uh, and now the whole thing is destroyed, and he's reduced to sitting there claiming, oh, we're going get, to get it back. It's going to be stronger than ever. It's going to come roaring back. It's gonna... Whether it does or doesn't, uh, you can't, uh, it can't overcome the fact that things are messed up. So, uh, sure, I understand that the 600 people or so that have died in the U.S. because of this virus – uh, clearly, that's a bad thing. That's serious. It's bad. I'm not making light of it at all. However, millions of times more than that, people are being negatively affected by the entire economy being shut down. So it's not like, oh, well, lives are more important than the economy. Okay, lives are more important than money, Steve. What are you doing? Yeah, yeah, sure. Of course they are. But, sorry, but money, income, Revenue, profit, jobs, whatever you want to call it, tax revenue, all that that comes out of it 
uh, also affects people's lives. And not about you, but there's a reason that I live in America, which I thought until about a month ago was a land of the free. Now it's the, I mean, I, I keep looking out my window and expecting to see the signs all in, in, in Chinese, that I'm living in some authoritarian communist regime where the government tells you what you can and can't do, where you can and can't go, what business you can run, what business has to be shut down and, and, and possibly go bankrupt. And Are we frozen here? And we're back. Uh, what you know? What business is going to be shut down? Which means all the employees get shut down, the customers get shut out of buying from them. All has, in case you have, I'm sure you've noticed, rippling effects going like crazy. Trump is reducing that to saying, "Oh, we'll we'll recover quickly and get this all opened up." I saw this. I I turn. I've been staying away from all this BS in the news, but I I turned on the TV today for some reason this afternoon. And the last channel, whatever I was watching, must have been, it was a local channel, and they were, they had broken into a live Donald Trump, which of course is, it's, now it's wildly entertaining to see this guy attempt to read from a piece of paper. That is, that's, that's worth the price of admission right there. I mean, see Trump trying to read something. Uh, it's always fun. But uh, there he is reading this off, and he said something, it was, it was, I know again, you know, you could, you could, you know, boo me or just click me off or block me or unfriend me or never want to talk to me or see me again if you think I'm making light of this thing. But look, it is what it is. And Trump goes, you know, oh, we're going to have everything back roaring by Easter. Let's have it all back by Easter. That would be beautiful, fantastic, awesome, great. I don't think he says awesome. He says huge, great, fantastic. be the best thing ever. We have it back by April. And then he took questions for the press. And the first question is like, out of what orifice did that thing pop out of? Now, of course, I, I'm paraphrasing, but she was like, where'd you come up with that one? Where, did, did you discuss that date with the doctors? And he's like, oh, I just, I just think it would be great. That's a great day, Eastern, it's an important day. Everyone gathers. That'd be a good day, and we'll look into that. That's the day. Okay, next guy asks a question. He goes, yeah, but everything else he just said, for the last however long the thing was on, I came on, like I was going to say in the middle, but thankfully only near the end. Uh, you know, everything else you just said and all the facts and all the statistics and all the doubling and tripling a number of cases every day and whatever, like none of that is pointing in the direction that this thing is all, everything's back to normal by Easter. I mean, where, where'd you come up with that? <laughs> and again, Trump has nothing to say and no one behind him, you know, no one behind him can step up on the podium, one of the doctors or experts or anybody on earth and come up and give a reasonable answer why everything's going to be fine by Easter. Now, I don't know when that is. I'm sure it's sometime in April, a few weeks away. But like, yeah, no, no, Trump, you've been bamboozled into destroying your own economy. Uh, last I checked, now, somebody tell me if I'm wrong here, but uh, at least this has gone on for my entire life, and I wasn't born yesterday, is there's a lot of risks in life. And if I feel I'm susceptible to a certain risk, and I don't want to take that risk, then I don't participate in that activity, right? I stay away from that risk. So if I don't want to risk uh, that a roller coaster will, you know, malfunction and the car will fall off the tracks and everyone in it will die, I won't go on a roller coaster. If I have a fear of flying and I think the planes might crash, then I take a train. I drive. I don't travel. I, I, don't, I just don't go on a plane. Right? If I'm deathly afraid of a, I'm in a panic, I'm deathly afraid 
of getting in a car crash, then I don't drive in cars. Because even if I'm the passenger, even if I'm perfectly, I'm driving perfectly, some drunk driver can just hit the meridian, come over, and you're dead. I mean, oh, but I can avoid that totally by not driving. Uh, I can avoid all, I can, if I'm so afraid of slipping in the bathtub, I just won't take a shower standing up. I won't, you know, or I'll, I don't know, I'll put rubber padding in my shower or something because I, I don't want to slip in the shower. I don't want to fall down the stairs, so I'm going to live in a place with no stairs. I'm not going to go anywhere where there's stairs. If, I, if I'm deathly afraid of, of, of elevators uh, just dropping, like in the movies, and suddenly, you know, going down 20 floors and crashing, I won't take elevators. I'll walk up and down the stairs. I mean, whatever risk it is, last I checked, it's my personal responsibility to do whatever I can to avoid whatever risk I feel there is. If I feel that there's a risk of uh, getting shot if I go to a concert and some crazed mass shooter is going to be there, then I don't go to concerts anymore. I don't go to movie theaters anymore. If I think somebody's going to come into a movie theater and start shooting or whatever it is, it's up to me. So when I see on TV, it, it befuddles me how anyone can believe this BS. They go, oh, all these kids at spring break, they're so irresponsible. You know, uh, they all think they're they're impervious to everything, and, and that's so did I. You know, who did? I was a stupid, you know, kid myself. I did all kinds of stupid things and thought I was immortal. And they're like, yeah, but when they get back home, they could give this to their grandparents. And pardon me, am I the only person that realizes I'm like, excuse me, not if their grandparents have a brain and say, oh, no, you don't. You're not coming over to my house, and I'm not coming over to your house because I feel susceptible to this. I'm of a certain age. Maybe I have some kind of heart condition, some kind of lung. This is a lung thing, so I have some breathing trouble. I'm not going to leave my house. I'm not going to leave my basement. I'm going to self-quarantine. I'm going to remove myself from the risk. Last I checked, that's how it worked. It's not like, oh, because I feel that I have a risk, everyone else in the world has to stop doing every activity. When did that become the rule? How did Trump fall for that and have it crash his economy and make him look like a total fool? Because now he's trying to act all presidential. And of course he can't do that. He looks ridiculous trying to act presidential. It was so much fun seeing him act like a ridiculous person that he is. But now, try and act presidential. Again, he can't even read off a piece of paper. I mean, it's just such a disaster. I mean, I, I love the fact that Trump was the president. Let's throw a monkey wrench into the malfunctioning, corrupt, hypocritical, self-serving, swampish D.C., same old, same old, you know, no such thing as government of, by, or for the people. It's all for the, for the governing class, of course. I, I loved having Trump throw a monkey wrench in there. But now, now we need an actual president. And... This guy ain't it. This guy just, he's shut down the entire country. That, I, I'm sorry, I understand there's a virus. So yeah, there's always viruses my whole life. We are frozen. Ah, we're back. There's always viruses going around. There'll be another one next year. Heck, I wouldn't put it past another one coming out right before the election. Look how it's made Trump look like an idiot now. Let's have another one right before the election the anti-Trumpers will do. And so there'll always be a virus. And if I don't want to catch a virus, it's up to me to decide I will self-quarantine. I don't look at the rest of the world and go, oh, how dare you not protect me? How dare you not everyone do their part? And we're all in this to get... 
last I checked, if I don't want to get something, if I don't like the risk of something, I don't engage in that activity. So somebody said, like, well, you know, uh, I saw kids were all congregating outside. They shouldn't be doing that. Like, uh, you know, they're all standing together, and they could be passing something along. And, you know, what if some elderly person wants to go for a walk? The elderly person doesn't go for a walk. That's the whole thing. The elderly person or not whoever thinks they're at risk for this doesn't go out. Anyone that thinks they're at risk for this, don't go out. Don't show up at work. Don't go out. If you're on a team, then they bring up a minor leaguer and they take your position because you don't want to play in the game, whatever it is. But you don't shut down the whole NBA, the whole Major League Baseball, all of every sport, Broadway, every movie theater, every restaurant. You don't shut everything down because some people don't want to participate in it. The people that don't want to go to a restaurant because they think they might catch something, don't go to a restaurant. But don't shut it down for me. Don't shut it down for the restaurant owner, for the restaurant employees, for the restaurant suppliers. This is an interwoven economy. Lives are at stake. A few hundred people, maybe a few thousand people end up dying from the virus. That's less than, I think, die every year from the virus, from car crashes, from slipping and falling down the stairs, from all kinds of things. But shutting down the entire economy, this is just going to ruin lives. And no, no... $1,200 check from the government is going to make up for three months of not being able to make money. The government just, it, it's not the way it works. This is a capitalistic society. The government doesn't have the money to support everybody in the lifestyle that we have in America. The lifestyle we have in America is because of capitalism. That's what it's all about. And actually, that's what's finding a cure to this. That's what's making all the masks and the gloves and the materials. and all. It's all capitalism. Okay? When you mix in the government, it gets all screwed up. Because last I checked, somebody, correct me if I'm wrong, but I can't even name one thing the government has ever done efficiently or properly. Like, everything is a disaster. And, of course, even if it wins, like, okay, we won, helped win World War II, but I have a feeling there was a ton of inefficiency and a ton of a mess up in there, and it was just done poorly. In fact, now that I think about it, I watched the Tom Hanks movie, uh, Saving Private Ryan, like, that was, the, that was the decision? Let's just have thousands and thousands of our youngest, finest, bravest men, back then it's all men in the Army, uh, storm the beach right in the face of oncoming onslaught of machine gun fire. Like, that's the way we did war. Let's, you know, you first waves of thousands of our finest young people are expendable because after so many of those, finally we'll get through the thing. That's, that's, so we won. But didn't that, well, that, I, I'll give you a hint, that killed a heck, probably more people died on the beach of Normandy then we'll die from this whole ridiculous coronavirus. However, the the destroying of the economy, man, that could have, if, if Trump doesn't end this nonsense soon, and, I, and it's going to have a tough time doing that because now everyone's bought into the fact that, oh, this is a panic. This is, a, this is an epidemic. This is, this is so highly contagious. Now, I, I keep saying this all the time. Like, I haven't heard. You would think I'd hear something, even though I'm not paying attention. Somebody tell me if you've heard that every single person on the set of that Tom Hanks movie tested positive for the coronavirus. 
every actor, every assistant director, every grip, every electrician, every best boy, every carpenter, every driver, every crafts food service, every agent, everybody on that set because it's highly contagious. No, gee, I haven't heard that. And then there was this Utah jazz player. Well, and this guy was, they showed a clip, he was messing with the microphones, jokingly before he got diagnosed, uh, tested positive for coronavirus, he's met, touching all the mic. Well, have, has every reporter in that room and every other player that's spoken to those microphones and every trainer and every coach and every janitor and every you name it that was ever in that locker room and all the stands that were in the first couple of rows and all the ball boys because they were touching the basketballs and, and all those people tested positive because I'm pretty sure back then they all didn't wash their hands 57 times a day for eight hours at a time and they didn't wear masks and gloves and then buy 10 pounds of toilet paper and, and fill a whole room with it. I mean, the world was a normal place a month ago. And now it is a total ridiculous disgrace. That's my two cents. That's how I feel. And since I am a student of human behavioral psychology, it is just so clear to anyone that is what's going on here. I mean, this this politicians and the media, they don't get to be in their position unless they're highly skilled in persuasion, communication, sales, manipulation, whatever you want to call it. They're highly skilled in getting people to feel a certain way, to do a certain thing. And fear is, of course, the greatest motivator, and they have people so wound up into such fear and panic. It is ridiculous. I played in the softball game today. I'm like, oh, they're like, we got an email. New rules for the league. Uh, no high fives allowed. No shaking hands after the game. You know, you shake hands. No. Uh, there'll be hand sanitizers in every dugout. Uh, no, what else? Uh, oh, uh, you know, so we're picking up the bat. You know, the player gets a hit. The bat's down. Oh, we're, pick it up in the middle. You know, don't pick it up on the grip because he was on the Yeah, well, we had a double header. Everyone got up like seven, eight times. So by the time that bat has been picked up seven or eight times in the middle or wherever else than the grip, right? everyone's touching that bat. And then what? We're not touching our face. We're not going, ooh, ah, uh, we're not making a play. I feel I was out there going like, okay, I'm ready. I gotta wet my fingers. Oh, wait, I just wet my fingers. But did I touch the the, the dugout chicken wire? Did I you know oh, the wait, hang on. The let me get this right. The pitcher, let's say the pitcher has this virus and you know, for two weeks he doesn't know it, right? So he takes the ball, throws it up in the air, the batter hits it, I feel the grounder. Now before I pick that up out of the glove to throw it first, shouldn't I have like a, a pack of wipes in my back pocket? Shouldn't I be wiping that ball off before I throw it first? Like, we need to move the bases back. We need to, you know, I need a long time to make this play now. And then what if we get a double play? Then I throw the second, then he's got to wipe the ball, then we throw the first, then he's got to wipe the ball. Then the whole thing is just ridiculous. I mean, I mean, I'm, every time I see the news conference, it's got Trump and a whole row of hypocritical bureaucrat screw-ups behind him, shoulder to shoulder, an inch apart, and what are they telling us? You got a social distance. Yeah, not us. No, we don't have to. It's not do as we do. It's do as we say. And we have you so ginned up with fear that we say you should social distance. Us? No. We don't have to social distance. Come on now. But you do. Isn't that like Bernie and Al Gore getting off their private jets going, we need the Green New Deal? Like, 
Is anyone else tired of the manipulation and the BS coming from the government and the media ginning it all up? Because last I checked, we, we went through, I mean, Obama was in office for eight years. The media loved them. But we had several of these flu things, strain this, whatever, going around that infected a lot more people and killed a lot more people. And yet the media, being on his side, didn't say, oh, this is a good opportunity to get him out of office. Let's gin the whole thing up and, and, and make him do all kinds of stupid things or, or goad him into it. Like, whatever. It is what it is. But the, what really gets me is this BS. You know, I have clients. I have clients all over the country, all kinds of different businesses. And some of my clients are consultants, coaches to multiple businesses. And I talk to business owners all the time of all kinds of business. There is no such thing as a non essential business. Tell that to the business owner. Tell that to the employees. You know, you can, oh, they shut down Broadway. Oh, they shut down the NBA. Oh, those 11 spoiled millionaire players. Yeah, they're all saying, oh, I'll give $100,000 to the staff. Yeah, they're fine. Shutting down the NBA does not shut down 200 spoiled millionaire players and however 20 or 30 billionaire owners. No. You know what it shuts down? I worked in Madison Square Garden when I was high school. Okay? When, the, when the Knicks who stunk and the Rangers who stunk got knocked out of the playoffs or didn't even make the playoffs, that cost me a lot of money. There's no game. I can't go walk around and sell my popcorn and sodas and beer and whatever and make my 20, 30 bucks and go home. The usher can't make his minimum wage by being an usher. And the sweepers and the janitors and the people doing the parking and the people selling the souvenirs and the people selling tickets and all the bars and restaurants across the street a few blocks away from any arena. You know, they shut down the, the spring training here in Phoenix. Well, this is a seasonal thing here for one month. Man, every hotel is completely sold out at much raised prices from normal, certainly from summer. Give me a break. All the rental cars are out. All the flights are increased. All the uh, all the restaurants, bars are packed all the time. Uh, all kinds of activity is going on. All kinds of money is flying into the state from elsewhere. The fans are coming in. All the Giants fans come in from San Francisco. The Dodgers fans come in. The Cubby fans come down from Chicago. And they all bring their money and they spend it here. It's big news. You shut down spring training. You didn't just hurt the spoiled millionaire baseball players or the billionaire owners. You're hurting all kinds of people. There's no such thing as a non-essential business. And by the way, about this thing where uh, during spring training here in Phoenix, golf courses that are 20 bucks in the summer when it's 115 degrees and nobody's here, they're 220 bucks in February and March. It's called capitalism. That's called supply and demand. Last I checked, price goes up when there's a small, when there's a large demand, small supply, right? However, uh, according to people who hate America and hate capitalism, that's called price gouging, price gouging. So there's not a lot of toilet paper out. There's not a lot of wipes. There's not a lot of masks, so the price goes up. Yeah, that's how it works. Not a lot of it, a lot of demand, low supply, high demand, price goes up. Now I saw something came out. I saw it on the computer. It came across my screen. Uh, oh, gas prices could drop at the pump to a dollar. Now, again, I don't pay a lot of attention to this, but somehow I didn't see all the politicians coming out and going, that is outrageous. The consumers are price gouging the oil companies. They can't get away with that. Gas is X 
a gallon? Because we say it is, and it can't go up or down. That's ridiculous. Oh, masks are this much, and the price can't go up or down. It's price gouging. Well, what if it goes down? Well, that's, I guess that's okay. That's, uh, really? That's price gouging by the consumers. See, it's called supply and demand. There's a lot of gas, and no one's going anywhere. So guess what? Gas is cheap. There's not a lot of masks, and every fool wants a mask. So price goes up. It's not price gouging. It's called pricing strategy. My goodness, this whole thing, the whole world is turned on its head. The whole world is turned on its head. I feel like I'm susceptible to the virus. I might get it. Therefore, everyone else can't leave their house. What? How, how does that make any sense? Who came up with this? That's enough. I'm out of here. Sid's here. Gary's here. Good seeing you. Anybody else watching on the replay or watching live, leave a comment, question below. If you hate me, you think I'm an idiot, I'm a fool, I'm un-American, I hate people, blah, blah, blah. Say whatever you want. I don't give a crap. I feel the way I feel. And looking back, I believe we'll all see that the panic caused a heck of a lot more damage than the actual virus ever could or ever would. And that'll do it for Topical Tuesday. I'll catch you tomorrow on World Wide Web Wednesday. Catch you then. Over and out. Thank you for joining us today on the Rhino Daily Podcast, the daily podcast for sharp entrepreneurs hosted by Steve Cypress. Join us tomorrow for another exciting episode designed to help you increase your profits and improve your lifestyle. Also, go to rhinodaily.com for more great business exploding tips, strategies, and tactics from the world's top experts. Plus, snag your free copy of Money Making.